It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to Quantum number 110. And we've been looking at some themes over the last few weeks. We're going to do a catch up on all of those themes and look at some world news. But let's begin with the danger of reporting. This is the story of a an Australian Chinese journalist who is now under house arrest in China. My name is Cheng Lei. I'm a TV anchor based in Beijing, China, and this is my story. Currently, I'm the anchor for the global business show on CGTN, the China Global Television Network. I studied commerce at the University of Queensland in sunny Brisbane. Australian education and Australian cultures and values are all enmeshed together, and that means a lot of respect for freedom, a lot of respect for creativity, individuality, and I think that has helped me so much in my work. Now, Cheng Li hasn't been charged, but in China you can be placed in residential surveillance at a designated location, which is what's happened to her. It's a form of detention where people can be questioned or imprisoned for six months without contact with the lawyers or the outside world. And that's what's happened to her. Why has it happened? Two reasons. We know that although publicly she was echoing what the Chinese Communist Party wanted to say, as all the media do in China, that privately she expressed concerns. And uh, that has been enough to see her condemned. Now, the reason this has been done at this time is, of course, as we're going to see in a moment, China is putting pressure on Australia and she is an Australian. But I think for me, one of the key issues of this story is the fact that if you're reporting news, it can be very dangerous, especially in an authoritarian and legalistic environment. I don't know, I think it's really hard to be a danger anywhere in the world, but that's a little bit what I'm trying to do with quantum. I'm trying to bring you news that's as accurate as possible. I'm looking at it from a Christian perspective because I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. And I think the biblical worldview is the only one that makes sense. Now, you may disagree with that, but in the context of that, I'm trying to bring you news that may be uncomfortable for me, may not fit in with everything I want, but it's truth. And I think we have to try and get truth and we need to get it where we can. I'm just so struggling with many of the mainstream newspapers. Anyway, let's go to the subject that we had of racism. And speaking of truth, let me... Uh, apologize first of all I got something wrong I had said that the BBC were paying the BLM movement 10 million they're not they are giving 10 million to black kids that help specifically in education and also to get onto media now that's a different thing my concern is with the BLM movement so children in need I don't have that much problem with it although I do have one question and it's a very simple one White working class kids in the UK are the worst performing in school and the ones who just really, really struggle most. I wonder if the BBC would ever give 10 million to kids who are white. Would that be deemed racist? 
I don't know. Anyway, as an example of ignorance, and and tied in with our media as well, this is what happens when you appoint people as spokespeople who don't really know what they're talking about. I have no particular expertise. They're just YouTube personalities. Femi is one such, a, a gentleman who uh, campaigns for woke causes, but particularly was campaigning for the EU. And I don't know why, but our media constantly interview him. And here he is being interviewed about the Rule Britannia. What is your particular problem with the lyrics of Rule Britannia? Well, to be honest, uh, I don't watch the proms. Most people um, don't really care about that song because we ne we almost never sing it. But as for that song specifically, um, it was written at the time that the UK was actively engaged in the slave trade, selling selling people across the across the waves, selling black slaves. So they were singing about how we we ourselves will never be slaves. If I were to use a an analogy, can you imagine if a rapist, and this is not an exaggeration because slavery involved a lot of rape, if a rapist wrote a song about how he himself had never been raped, would you sing that song? No, because you know that that song would be... Now this was something else I got wrong, but he most certainly has wrong and why he's commenting. Because what did he just say there? He said that Rule Britannia was written about, you know, Britain's never, never being slaves, whilst Britain was engaged in the slave trade, was in the midst of the slave trade. No, it wasn't. I, I thought it was too, but it, that's wrong. Rule Britannia, and, you know, it's very simple research can show this, Rule Britannia was actually written in 1902. The music from Elgar earlier, but the words were in 1902, when Britain had long given up slavery and had led the world in giving up slavery. So there's a particular poignancy about rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves, because Britons never will be slaves, because they wouldn't allow Britain to be slaves, because it was illegal. Femi needs to think a little bit more about what he's saying, and perhaps apologise. Meanwhile, of course, the whole anti-racism woke thing continues. Again, as I said in the po podcast, racism is so sinful and wrong. I am not disputing that. But the kind of self-righteous virtue signaling displays. Now we're having, uh, we're having Parliament uh, are going to have more unconscious bias classes and training. Wonder if we could have some unconscious bias classes training in Christianity. All right, let's move on to education. You recognize this song?
that's Tears for Fears. Why did I play that? Mad World, Mad World. Well, it certainly fits so much of the world that we're commenting on. But no, that's not the reason. That particular verse we played, children waiting for the day they feel good, made to feel the way that every child should, sit and listen, sit and listen, went to school and I was very nervous. Hello, teacher, tell me what's my lesson and so on. The dreams, I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. When people run in circles, it's a very, very mad, mad world. Well, in education right now, I think 85% of children in Scotland went to school. 15% didn't, though it's compulsory for them to do so. Uh, A lot of children in the uh, the rest of the United Kingdom don't want to go. Children in America don't want to go. Elsewhere, don't want parents don't want them to go because they're all scared. There's fear and fear and fear and fear. You are far more likely to die from a car accident as a child than you are from COVID. But the fear gets instilled, and it doesn't help when our uh, what's the word lecturers, our academics fuel this so that one of the university lecturers unions has said they don't want students to go back because this will be a petri dish which will result in things being worse than in care homes well that shows a level of ignorance which is astonishing they say this will lead to 50,000 deaths i i wonder why they do this is this genuine ignorance that they don't know what covid is in other words it it hardly affects the young or is it that they just dead lazy they just don't want to go back they're enjoying lockdown too much or are they just wanting to create a fuss about the government i don't know which brings us neatly on to covid and (laughs) interesting isn't it how things are changing all the time the real approach that we've got to aim for is that the public is able to reduce the spread of this virus through behavior behavior that's adopted everywhere And then that means that the virus is kept at bay. I think comparison with Sweden and with other countries that are now able to get going again without major lockdowns, that's the right comparison and that's the goal for the future. Dr. David Nobaro, one of the UN Health Agency's six special envoys on COVID-19, says that whilst there had been serious problems in Swedish care homes, that the country had showed how you can go about life while having the virus in your midst. As I said, as I suspected, Sweden is going to be the model that we're all eventually going to end up with. But also to update in one area at least, and that is in uh, Africa, where I had said that there seemed to be relatively few cases compared with the rest of the world. But it now appears as though there are many cases in Africa, but they're just not being recorded because of the lack of testing. And the impact that's having we see in the increase in the overall death rate. So once again, what we're finding is that COVID is impacting the poorest. Um, That's also the case in Peru, by the way, which is now the sixth highest nation in terms of number of cases, even though it's a small, relatively small nation. And what's interesting there, by the way, contrast it with Sweden, it's had a very severe lockdown, but that hasn't helped. And I think poverty is a far bigger factor there. And then maybe one other COVID thing, and that's to do with Victoria. uh, The state of Victoria 
that is. And, you know, talk about severe lockdowns. It really is a severe lockdown. And uh, I was intrigued by this quote from C.S. Lewis. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. Well, let's also go on then to think about the Green Movement uh, and nuclear. We, we spoke about nuclear, nuclear weapons. Why does that tie in with the Green Movement? Well, we're going to look at this a bit more. But I've been reading this astonishing book by a green activist who's now saying that if we really want to stop climate change that, uh, without killing lots of poor people, the only solution is nuclear power. And that's a fascinating thought. Um, I was very opposed to nuclear power as a student and as a teenager. But I'm coming around to that point of view, I have to admit. And it does seem to me that human beings can split the atom. They can use it to destroy or they can use it to create and sustain. And I think that is what nuclear power could do. But let's think about it some more. These are just a few of the $80 billion worth of goods Australia imported from China in 2019. All right, let's move on to China. And I was kind of joking about a war between Australia and China, but uh, it may not be an actual war, but it's certainly turning into a trade war. And it's not just what we import. What we export to China is worth more than double the next largest export partner, Japan, and eclipses the rest of the top five. South Korea, the US and India. On paper, it's just a whole lot of numbers, but any trouble with our biggest trading partner will affect Australian businesses and jobs. Beijing is really piling on all the pressure. And again, if you haven't read Hidden Hand, you can go to the blog and I am uh, doing reports on Hidden Hand on each chapter every week. And it summarizes things which will be helpful for you. This week we look at how uh, the Chinese Communist Party influences American politicians of both right and left. But meanwhile, Beijing has called Australians poor white trash. How's that for racism? And warned there'll be consequences if we don't play nice with China. There are insults and threats, and yet the editorials claim that it's China that's being reasonable. Seen in so many ways. Uh, today, I just heard that China were investigating Australian barley because they found infections in it. China is investing, investigating the $1.6 billion Australian wine trade in China. And Huawei, who are meant to be, or Huawei is it, who are meant to be independent, as they say, of the Chinese Communist Party, have announced they're withdrawing funding from the Canberra Raiders because of <coughs> the anti-Chinese atmosphere. Yeah, that kind of demonstrates there isn't really much independence in Huawei. And it also demonstrates how China put pressure on people. The question is going to be who will stand with Australia at this time. Bearing in mind that, Australia, that China is by far double Australia's biggest export market with uh, Japan being next. Here comes the... Here comes the... So let's combine the racism question with the Chinese question and look at LeBron James. Listen to this. I don't want to get into a feud with Daryl, 
um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand, and, um, and he spoke. So many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we, what we tweet and we say and what we do. Now, LeBron James is interesting, and so is the whole NBA, because the NBA this week cancelled a number of games, and they've even threatened that they won't play again until President Trump is unelected, because they want to protest against the killing of uh, black people, particularly the number of incidents, not massive, but they do exist, of police uh, doing that. And so they are protesting, which is fair enough. But the problem here is the hypocrisy of the NBA. Because when Daryl Murray of uh, the Rockets general manager tweeted in support of Hong Kong, the Chinese went berserk and they spoke against and threatened the NBA. And the NBA fell into line. Not least LeBron James. So... He tweeted about how Daryl Morey was mis misinformed, ignorant about what was going on in China. Now, here's the issue. LeBron James and others seem to care about black lives in America, but they don't care about the Uyghur Muslims or the Hong Kong Chinese or the Christians in China. It is complete and utter hypocrisy. Which, forgive me for playing this song, but I also think this is an angry but prophetic song, maybe in a different way. It's from Green Day. Now, this is perceived as a left-wing anthem. I think you can take it left or right, doesn't really matter. I think we are moving towards a state in the United States with a degree of disintegration, which we have two candidates in the US elections who neither seem to be particularly sharp. Um, Joe Biden astounds me in his lack of ability to speak. Uh, I regard President Trump as coarse and uh, I don't think he's that daft, to be honest. But um, it's just depressing that these are the two candidates that Americans have to choose from. Green Day talk about media and hysteria and the need to think for ourselves. Well, yes, we do. But hysteria is being fed on different sides and you just wonder. And again, I come back to the solution. I think America was founded on Christian principles and unless it returns to Christian principles, it's finished. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you hit this day, when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, 
You would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. So this week, Chadwick Boseman, um, he, well, he died. He died of cancer. He was in his 40s, star of Black Panther. Uh, it's very interesting, the part of the clip that we played you. He talks about how, as the scripture says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God kept it growing. God kept it growing. Uh Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. Yeah, fascinating take on Ephesians 2.8. I do think that um, it's intriguing, whether this is just a general cultural recognition of God and Jesus or something in personal faith. It's certainly what the United States needs. I certainly what the world needs. It's a mad world. The U.S. seems to be going through a mad phase. Uh, the, everywhere you look, it does seem as though there are major difficulties. And next week, we'll come on to have a look at a, another one of those in particular. But that's kind of been a catch-up. I'm going to leave you, though, with something much nicer. You may not consider this beautiful. I consider it stunning. It is Craig Armstrong and Callum Martin from the album The Edge of the Sea. Ballantine, The Movement, Part 4. It is basically Gallic Sam singing um, with a kind of modern touch. And I love Gallic Sam singing. If you don't know what it is, uh, go to the article I link and you can get it. What you're listening to at the moment is a combination of Gallic Sam singing and kind of free-flowing classical jazz, I would guess. Um, Jennifer Lucery Allen, the BBC producer, says this. I'd been vaguely brought up in the Catholic Church and found that music so drab. Whereas Sam singing sounded more like experimental composers such as Pauline Oliveros or Meredith Monk. It allowed freedom. It felt very human. Martin, who's a, um, he's a lovely guy, Callum Martin, he's an elder in the Free Church, he says this, Every individual singer in Gaelic Sam singing is allowed their own vertical connection to God, their own individual act of worship even though they eventually come back together with others in a horizontal way. That combination, to me, makes it more spiritual. But that's what we need, isn't it? We need the vertical to God. We need the horizontal to one another. We need the individuality, but we also need the unity. We need the unity, but we need the diversity. We need compassion. We need the Word of God. The answer to a mad world is the sanity of the Gospel. So, see you next week. Pray that God will bless you. If you wish to support Quantum, 
feel free to do so. If you've got any ideas for subjects, please feel free to do so. And if you've got any information you want to pass on, feel free to do so. But God bless you and may you know safety and peace and the love of Christ this week.